This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is our pretty much annual at this point, mid-year goal check-in. We are big on goals in this podcast. We look at our goals for the upcoming year. We ask how we've done. And part of that is, of course, that you don't want to let a whole year go by without revisiting you know, where things stand. Have you done the things you wanted to do? Have you not done things? If so, why? What challenges are you facing? Is this something you want to redirect or recommit to? Anything along those lines. So here we are in early July talking about our 2023 goals. So Sarah, is it actually the mid-year? I, I get confused. What What is the actual middle of the year? I had to look it up. The midpoint of the year is actually July the 2nd. If it's a 365-day year, that is apparently like, I guess, the median day. The median, median oh. day. Yeah, like the middle <laughs> well, day. You're the not days, days aren't weighted differently, so it wouldn't need to be <laughs> like the, there wouldn't be a difference between the mean and the median and this. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, the very middle day of the year, the 183rd day of the 365-day year, which means that if it's a leap year, I guess it would be pushed slightly earlier because you'd have more days before July 2nd. 
Maybe so it'd later. Be the mid. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, usually we're good at math. I don't know. This one's tough. So July 2nd is the typical middle of the year. So as this airs, we're right around that time. But I will admit that I typically don't use the middle of the year as a time that I look at goals, except for our annual Best of Both Worlds episode. So I'm forced to kind of add in this checkpoint. I tend to look at my annual goals on a seasonal basis in line with my quintiles as I've defined them. So beginning of summer is when I really looked back at my annual goals list to decide what I wanted to put on my summer list from that list. But hey, an extra check-in never hurts. (laughs) Never hurts. So did you go back and listen to our episode? I did not. I went back to the show notes and I read oh, them okay. all. <laughs> all right. So, so I, yeah, I, did the... I, I listened to it while I was out walking one day. I decided to just put it on and see if I could listen to it. And I guess a lot of it I remembered and some of it I didn't, which was interesting. I, I felt like there's, it's never clear what exactly we're going to remember and, and what we're not of, of different points of Hopefully we I mostly I stuck do. to the script because that's what I reviewed. But usually we do, especially yeah, in these types yeah. of episodes. Well, let's go ahead and start then with work goals. You had a couple, uh, so why don't you you talk about? It? We'll we'll just combine work with like blog and pod because that was you know a new thing for you this year that those were going to be an actual work consideration. Yes, and when I went back to my notes, actually, my first draft of our notes for that episode didn't include any work goals, and you were like, um, I think you forgot something because <laughs> <laughs> so, I looked at the whole email thread and then I came up with several. So that was kind of interesting that that was a little bit of almost an afterthought. But my work goals were to go to a live conference for my clinical role. And I did. I went to Pediatric Endocrine Society in Chicago, uh, not Chicago, in San Diego. And I had such a great time. It was really a lot of fun. I mean, the learning part was fun. The just having time to myself was fun. And I think probably the most fun was that I got to spend a lot of time hanging out with one of the women in particular that I trained in with fellowship. And she even commented to me like, it just feels like we just picked up right where we left off. And like, we felt like such ourselves, like that old friend feeling is so precious. And that was really a fun part of going to that meeting. So I had a great time. And then I wanted to just successfully run my first two cohorts of Best Laid Plans Academy. It was the first time I had jumped into anything like this. And they ran, um, the first one ran from January to March, and the second one ran in the spring, and they were both fantastic. So I'm super happy with those goals. And I guess I can consider them complete. And then finally, I had like a vague goal that was something like work on growth. I don't know how I'm doing with that. Honestly, I always get nervous in the summer because Best Laid Plans has very clear peaks around the back to school season and around the new year. It's like, oh, everyone loves me right now. And every summer, like the numbers go down. So <laughs> it doesn't look like I'm growing. But no one I wants did to have plan some... in summer. Exactly. And I get it. I totally get it. But I did have some great podcast interviews. We were both on Cal Newport's Deep Questions. So that was fun. Separately, <laughs> two separate episodes. And I was on Spawned and I was on a medical podcast called Peds Doc Talk or Kids Doc Talk. I always forget what it's called. But those are bigger size podcasts. So those always help kind of just get my name out there. So I'll say that one is a work in progress, but overall doing okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm always in fan, a fan of uh, Best of Both Worlds podcast growth. So anything Sarah wants to do to drive growth to that, I'm thrilled to have those as her goals. Yeah. So my work goals this year, I wanted to sell the back catalog, which is sort of a publishing talk for your old books. So not the ones that are the beginning, like if publishers have a a catalog that they're giving to booksellers, 
So Tranquility by Tuesday that just came out would be the front of the catalog. So the back catalog would be the the older stuff. And I also wanted to repurpose some of my old stuff because I have a lot of before breakfast podcast episodes. I have a lot of writing. And so what I wound up doing is is hiring a consultant to look at both these questions. And I've been putting a couple of these things into practice. So for instance, I did a Summer Reads with Laura Vanderkam book club that as this is airing, we will have had our first meeting. But I recruited people from my email newsletter list to read through some of these old books and to have discussions on them. So we started with Off the Clock, and then we're doing Juliet's School of Possibilities, and then The Cortland Boys, um, which is a novel that uh, many people have not read, but uh, you know maybe you could. And um, so, yeah, we're we're just you know I'm sending out emails on these books, and we'll be talking with people. And the fun part is I reread them then because. By, if I'm going to be talking about them, it was kind of fun to reread Off the Clock. And I actually reread it in Bar Harbor, Maine, which is where the phrase came to me, um, Off the Clock, the first time, seven years ago. Anyway, I'm also planning to be launching a paid newsletter this fall. The details are a little unclear at this point, maybe through Substack, we'll see. But that will be Vander Hacks. <laughs> So, yeah, with a lot of my tips, new and old, but that'll be a vehicle to have some of older stuff, newer stuff mixed together um, that hopefully will reach some new people. So look forward to that. Love it. Very, very excited to read it. I'm assuming I get a discount on on (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm super excited for that. In terms of our next category, we had annual projects and hobbies, which I think was a category more came from you. And then I kind of went off of that because you always have certain things you choose at the beginning of a calendar year, little rituals that you're going to incorporate into every single day. Often they're kind of projects that build upon themselves. And so I'll let you go first because you had some really interesting ones for 2023 and I want to hear how they're going. Yeah. So I set a goal to read through all the works of Jane Austen. This is coming after 2021. I read War and Peace one chapter at a time every day through the year. 2022, I read all the works of Shakespeare, reading a little bit every day through the year. So 2023, I decided to do all the works of Jane Austen. So at this point, which we're midway through the year, I've read her Juvenalia, which was an interesting sort of collection of of non-published, random Jane Austen writings. I read Sense and Sensibility. I read Pride and Prejudice. I read Mansfield Park, which I feel like I get a medal for because I think even a lot of people who are Jane Austen fans may not have read Mansfield Park. I've read more than halfway through Emma at this point. Um, I guess by the time this is airing, I may be finished with it. I have to figure out the number of days there, but it'll be about now that I'll be finished with it. So then actually that just leaves Persuasion and Northanger Abbey and a few small works to get through, which is it means I'm going to finish way before the end of the year. I, I'm not quite sure why this timing didn't work as I thought it did, because I bought this whole set of Jane Austen things and it said it was... 3,300 pages. And so I was like, well, 10 pages a day is what I should be aiming for. But they must have been counting a lot of the like appendix stuff, which I don't really feel the need to read some random scholars' musings on Jane Austen. (laughs) You know, whatever. I, I don't need to do that. So that wasn't included. So that was throwing off my tally. So I'm going to be done early, which I think I then will set a new goal 
of rereading a few of the kind of best of Shakespeare ones that I read last year. So I'll go back through and reread Hamlet, reread some of those and kind of see what I can pick up on a, on a next time through reading of those. Let's see, my sonnets. Uh, so this year, my writing project was to write two lines a day in a sonnet, because then I can write a 14-line poem every week. I have made some liberal use of my rhyming dictionary, but I've stuck with it. So I've got, you know, half a year's worth of weekly sonnets at this point, and presumably we'll keep going with it because it's a very easy thing to do. But, you know, I'd put on my bucket list for years and years, like write a collection of seasonal sonnets. And this year I will have done it. And some are terrible, but some are pretty decent. So it's kind of a mix. (laughs) I love that. Does every sonnet kind of reflect what's going on that time of year? It often does, because that's what I'm thinking about. I mean, some some are random, but some are sort of like, well, this is what the weather was like, or this was where I was traveling, or this is what, you know, that it's just on my mind. And and so then I wind up doing a sonnet on that. So yeah, it's going to have some seasonality to it just from the nature of when I come up with something at any given moment, that's what I'm doing. Super cool. It's like a journal in the form of sonnets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone should keep a journal and iambic pentameter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you had a singing one. So I had a goal of singing that I was going to move this into my three times a week thing. And the idea was that, you know, I track things three times a week as part of the tranquility by Tuesday rules, um, because one of the rules is three times a week is a habit. But then I kind of stopped doing that scorecard thing on my blog, because I don't know, I felt like people weren't reading it and engaging with it as much after I'd done it for several months. So then I was like, okay, well, you know, I will just, you know, I I try to sing more. I I have not been tracking it. I had choir practices on Thursday. I would sing on Sunday morning during the school year. I was often practicing an extra time just because I had to, to learn a lot of our difficult music. But I don't know for sure that I've done that three times a week. So maybe that's something that I will do in the future. Well, we'll see if I recommit to that over the course of the year. Awesome. But at least you've been singing. So I feel like that counts for something. So my projects were that I had this like slightly ambitious reading idea. I usually hit, or I don't want to say usually, in the past few years, I've hit somewhere between like 45 and 50 books a year. So I, it's not like reading is new to me, but I kind of wanted to try to like aim for a book a week, which is slightly higher than those totals and maybe go a little bit beyond that. So I had this like rather elaborate schema of trying to read like three novels and two nonfiction books a month by like looking at the page counts and trying to like aim for a certain percentage of each book each day. And um, I will say, I feel like I've been reading a little bit more. And in fact, I think by the end of June, I won't quite be at 25 or not 25. I won't quite be at 30, which would be half of 60, but I think I'll be fairly close, maybe at 28 or 29. So I am reading a little bit more than years past, but I have not followed those specific kind of page number type goals. I found that that did take a little bit of the fun out of it. Instead, I've just focused on the routines of just reading nonfiction most mornings and always having a novel going, picking books that I know that will kind of be fun to read because I just think that's often half the battle. If I have a book that's not compelling me to read pages of it, then it's probably time to move on to a different one rather than get stagnated and just not read at all, which is what I've done in years past. So I feel like it's been a great reading year for me, but I didn't exactly follow the plan that I had initially set out to. I wanted to see more movies this year. I set a goal of six over the course of the year. 
And yes, I am on track for that. Three I've seen in the theaters this year, and one I'm still counting because it was, I think, a direct-to-Netflix movie called Glass Onion, so I don't think it came out in theaters. I might be wrong about that, but I did watch that one like on a laptop in bed, but I saw A Man Called Otto in the theaters, Creed 3, that was Josh's pick, but it was actually pretty good in the theaters, and then Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, with Annabelle and Josh, which was interesting, and that was great, so... I feel good about that. And then finally, I had wanted to see more live theater and music. I'm not doing as well as I wanted to with that. I did not score Taylor Swift tickets. As you all know, it's okay. I've moved on. And I did buy tickets to see Belle and Sebastian, which is kind of like a old school indie band from the mid-aughts that's still going strong, but they canceled their concert. So didn't get to go. I did get my money back. And then um, in terms of live theater, I feel like there's stuff coming up, like Into the Woods is coming to our local theater center. So I'm excited for that. And I saw Mary Poppins with the kids. It was a professional production, but not a ton of stuff. I feel like I need to get on this one a little bit more. Yeah. Weirdly enough, this has actually been my year of live music. I did go to Taylor Swift with Jasper in May. um, And then Recently also went to a Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel concert with my husband. That was kind of a last minute thing we decided to do. Well, not that last, but, you know, we decided to go. We did not get the tickets six months ahead of time like we did with Taylor Swift. Uh, we got tickets like two, two weeks ahead of time. But he is a big, you know, Stevie Nicks, like Fleetwood Mac fan. And I had uh, been, I've always loved hearing Billy Joel music. Uh, so it was it was a great concert. We really enjoyed that. And then we're going to see Fish later this month. So yeah, a lot of lot of live music. It's pretty, pretty crazy. But uh, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, we're going to be right back talking about fitness in just a minute. This podcast is brought to you by the new film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn and with an incredible ensemble cast that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, Whoopi Goldberg, Rose Byrne, Rain Wilson, and Vera Farmiga, along with newcomer William A. Fitzgerald. The film is an endearing and often funny story about Max, a divorced father and stand-up comedian living with his father and struggling to co-parent his autistic son Ezra. When forced to confront difficult decisions about the future, Max and Ezra embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Ezra is an endearing and often funny exploration of a family determined to find their way through life's complexities with humor, compassion, and heart. Deadline calls the film a touching testament to the power of love. IndieWire says it's funny and moving. And according to Next Best Picture, Ezra approaches autism with heart and authenticity. Only in theaters nationwide, May 31st. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Thrive Cosmetics. I am a speed demon when it comes to my makeup routine. I have approximately five minutes, or maybe three, between showering and starting my routine of getting the kids out the door for school. And so I'm always looking for products to keep things super streamlined and easy for my everyday look. Thrive Cosmetics for years has been part of that. I've discussed the Brilliant Eye Brightener before, which is a serious workhorse for making me look more awake. But lately, I'm also super into their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It's a tubing mascara that lengthens lashes and is super easy to remove as well, which is key because my makeup removal routine is just as streamlined. You can feel great about shopping at Thrive because for every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. So refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. 
Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash bestof. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash bestof, B-E-S-T-O-F, for 10% off your first order. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. All right, we are back. So we're getting at our mid-year goal assessment in categories. And this category was fitness. So Laura... You had a very specific goal. Yeah. So I wanted to do more strength training. And I wasn't sure in the episode, I was a little bit unclear like what form that would take because there wasn't something in specific that I wanted to commit to. But what I wound up doing is hiring a virtual trainer who I meet with once a week. Like I'm saying virtual training, it's a real person, but I meet with him virtually just over FaceTime on on my phone. And I move my phone around various places in this upstairs room in my house where he had me buy a bunch of sort of light weights and bands and things like that. And we have this very old system, weight system from the people who lived here before, which we use a little bit. But yeah, I meet with him once a week and do a lot of exercises with that. And generally when I'm doing things well, I will then repeat on my own the exercises that he did with me later in the week so yeah could you like do you record it like as a video so then you could like play it along with yourself oh I don't I don't I guess that would be an interesting idea to do I have to see (laughs) how we felt about that but um no I mean I'm more or less just sort of remember what 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 we do um like and and then go through so it's not perfect like I'm not doing all of them but I figure sort of anything is is better than than none so, you know, it's it's a it's a process. I mean, I'm not sure that doing it once a week is going to, you know, ma- magically transform myself, but um it's probably helping and I'm hoping that over time this will make some of the back pain and leg pain I've been dealing with better. That's certainly my goal and I'm often more motivated about preventing pain than I am by anything else. So, yeah, yeah. That's what I've been doing there. That's a great motivator. And I think you deserve some kudos because I feel like you've had strength training more vaguely on your list for a number of years. And this year, it's kind of like happening in a more structured way. So that's awesome. I wanted to make this a big running year. And it's definitely turned out to be one so far for me. I think I said something in my notes, like, actually, I'm quoting myself, I want to make this a big running year. I want to make 40s PRs in the 5k half and potentially run a marathon. And I had plans to do virtual coaching and do this 
We had Megan Featherston on, and I wanted to do her nutrition coaching as a group, run the A1A half, do a summer 5K and a fall winter full. I've done all of that. Like, well, I haven't done Megan's class yet, but I actually did register for it. So I'm going to be doing it in preparation for my fall marathon, almost winter marathon, which I've signed up for. I have set 40s PRs in the half marathon and in the 5K. I've like brought my 5K time down like four minutes since September, which is a lot for a short race. And I won't go into too many running things because apparently we talk a lot about running and I'm so sorry, but it is a big part of my life right now and I'm really enjoying it. The other goal I had was to go to in-person yoga and that has not happened yet. So I do want to make that happen. I think more for like peace and centering than for any physical benefit and just for something fun to do. So I'll try to make that one happen in the back half of the year. So when is the marathon? I'm I'm very oh, curious which one you're running. Yeah. I am signed up for the marathon in Jacksonville on like just in like early December. I don't know what it's called, the Jacksonville Marathon. I think it's the Ameris Bank Marathon. Mm, okay. It's a really small race. It was chosen because it tends to be a fast race. It's pretty flat. The weather is usually good. And for us, it's not logistically terrible to get to Jacksonville. So, And so when will you start the actual sort of training block for that? I feel like I've been in training for months already, okay. which is really early. Like, I mean, I've been running like 15 mile runs and 18 mile runs for, for weeks already. I haven't done a lot of speed work, but I did hire a coach. And so that's been a big part of kind of changing some of the things with my training. And I started working with him right after the A1A half in February. So I'm running 40 to 50 miles a week already. And I'm sure that'll get a little bit higher in prep for the marathon, but I could run a marathon tomorrow. I just don't think I could race a marathon tomorrow the way I want to. Okay. Got it. Well, I don't think I could run a marathon tomorrow, partly because I'm (laughs) feeling ill. I'm like sitting here like, oh, like, yeah, this has been a kind of... Laura's being a hero right now. She's she's not at her best. Not at my best. If anyone's uh, wondering, (laughs) like why I'm feeling low energy in this particular episode. Okay, well, good. Uh, Marathon sounds awesome. So our family goals, I had a goal to do a couple connection, sort of like spend time together three times a week as a habit. I don't know. I'm, again, I stopped tracking things, so this didn't get tracked. And we do eat lunch together when we are both working at home. So that's generally at least once a week or so. We've done a couple of larger date nights. So we don't necessarily do like weekly date nights or anything, but we have done a couple bigger ones like doing the in April, we you know went out to eat and went to a garden together and stuff that we had much of a Saturday to do. And on um, we did this Billy Joel concert recently. That, that was a, a date night we did. So something to keep working on, I guess. And then I talked a lot about our spring break road trip. I guess that was on my mind because we hadn't planned anything in December when we were recording this episode. And I thought we were going to do a road trip over spring break. And that we kind of pivoted completely on that one. I guess the idea, we thought we would sort of drive through Midwestern or something. I don't know. I thought we would drive south. and But, you know, my husband was like, well, we should go see my family in the Midwest. And I'm like, okay, well, could we do a road trip that would encompass that? And the next thing we know, we're like just going to Indianapolis. And we, since I didn't really feel like just driving out to Indianapolis and back, like we flew We did take a day trip to Chicago while we were there, which was about all the time in the car I want to have with the kids anyway. I've realized, like, I don't think a road trip's a good idea for us. 
we took a road trip to Cape Cod over Memorial Day weekend, and it's like six hours in the car both ways. It's just a lot of time, and it's not it's not good still. It's still annoying. So You have a lot of people, so if each person's unhappy like 10% of the time, it means like Somebody's happy all unhappy. the time. Yeah, unhappy <laughs> yes. all the time. It just doesn't even work. So we generally fly for our vacations. Uh, so yeah, yeah, spring break wound up being a, a just a flying to Indianapolis and going to Chicago, and and that was fine. The kid, you know, kids in particular had a had a good time doing that. So you know, you pivot. <laughs> but successfully, you've had some really nice trips so far this year. I feel like, including the one you just got back from that you mentioned. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, my family goals, I'm going to get, I'm going to like lump home and family together. So I wanted to establish library Saturday and more family reading time. I mean, Genevieve is still not reading on her own. So I know people, you know, have kids that like will do audiobooks at that age. She's still not quite there, but I will say we've gotten really good at library Saturday. I don't know that we've gone every Saturday, but a lot of the times I would just take the kids right after gymnastics. It was like a natural flow and the library is not that far from where they did gymnastics. So it was great. And I feel like we've always this year been really good about like getting Genevieve, especially like a giant stack of library books and then like replacing them every couple weeks. So that's been great. I wanted to make sure every kid got a one on one trip. There's just not enough like weekends for that. I think I did decide instead to do one on one days, which is like enough of a commitment. I did take Annabelle specifically to see my niece in January to her third birthday party. And that was really, really fun. But I don't think I'm going to get a one-on-one in with the other two. Cameron took, Josh took Cameron skiing. So I guess poor Genevieve got a little bit of the shaft on this one, but maybe I'll try for the next birthday party to bring Genevieve instead or something like that. But I'm going to do the one-on-one days. So that's close enough. And then I wanted to make sure I was seeing my family that doesn't live in Florida. So my goal was to see my niece and my sister at least twice and my parents at least twice. I've already seen my parents twice. I guess I saw them at Miriam's birthday party, my niece, and I saw them in Washington, D.C., where they met us when we took our spring break trip. And I'm going to see them in July. My sister, I've seen once, but I'm definitely planning. I think she's going to actually come down here this fall. So I think that goal will come to fruition. And then finally, I wanted to up my packing game for vacations, and I wanted to maybe get some packing cubes. So yes, we did. We got some. We kind of got them in like little dribs and drabs rather than, you know, intentionally buying sets for each kid or something. We bought a couple sets at the Erin Condren store on sale. So Annabelle was using those. And then I think we have like three sets among the five of us now. And I do think they're kind of somewhat helpful. I don't think they are like a huge game changer for us, but especially if I have two kids sharing one suitcase, having them each have their own packing cubes is helpful when you kind of unpack on the trip. You can keep everything separate a little more easily. And I like organizing my own stuff with the packing cubes. So I would say they're a success. We're not done with the kind of luggage. A lot of our luggage is really old, like I think 2005, like wedding gift old, and it's really showing its age. So I think we're going to get a couple of fairly inexpensive rollers for our summer trip for the kids. And then finally, I wanted to do some organizing. You guys know this is like a perennial goal. And I think I've made progress. I finally did the kids' rooms, and that took a lot out of me. And I wanted to do it for a really long time. And I cleaned out my desk and a lot of my planner supplies. That was a big deal, too. So I'm going to give myself like a B- minus on that one with the thought that I'm going to continue that project as the year goes on. And then finally, I wanted to get my car washed once. And I did. But now it's already gross again. So apparently, maybe (laughs) once is not quite enough. Maybe twice would be about right. I need to make that a goal for the rest of the year because mine is looking pretty gross. And I'm sort of surprised. I was thinking like maybe now that my um, 
now that Jasper is, is driving it like with us, he's got his permit, but he's driving that he might be, you know, grossed out by it, but, um, and get it clean, but we'll see. Maybe I can have them take it to a car wash someday when I'm, uh, when they're looking for a place to drive. My, my husband and Jasper have been doing a lot of driving together because I think he's more chill than I am. <laughs> my kid driving anxiety may be slightly higher than is good, but wait till he gets a few more hours behind the wheel. Yeah, I think I had an organizing goal, uh, now that I'm remembering looking through our notes of getting all the boxes put away. And the upside is they are, they are put away. And that was not because I did it. It's because we wound up with a uh, home manager who's working here part-time and that person put them all away. <laughs> so it still counts. The goal got counts. met. I didn't do it, but I made it happen. How about, how about that? <laughs> 100%. So win, win there. All right. So the rest of the year. So Sarah, what are you going to do the rest of the year? You have new goals. Well, obviously the marathon is going to be a big one. Are there any new goals you're setting or any that you are pivoting away from or anything that you want to change? Yeah, I don't have a lot new that I want to add. I, you know, as I was creating summer goals, I initially thought about working on a book proposal and just decided it's like not the time. I have too many other things going on. I've launched too many programs. I'm too busy. I'm my days that I am not working. I mean, like today, literally, I have something like every hour from now until 6 p.m. Like I can't. I have to be realistic with myself and I just can't fit any other big project in right now. And that's okay. So I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. The marathon training, you know, keep working on that, keep using my own planning methods and make sure I'm getting ahead and batching things as best as possible. Because I would say if I do have a goal, it's to make sure I can really be off when I'm off and minimize work when it's um, evenings, weekends, vacation. Um, Because I do, I feel like I found myself creeping more into doing that in recent years. And I don't love it. I kind of want to relax a little bit more and just have more time to read or do things with the kids and not have things over my head. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I probably should do some more with the singing over the year. I might rededicate to that. And I, with the Jane Austen goal being going to be done, presumably by early fall, then I might add the rereading some of the Shakespeare to that. So that'll be an addition there. But yeah, just mostly continuing the stuff that's working and which is always good to have, you know, these check-ins and and see the goals that mostly you're on track of doing the stuff that you said you'd do. And sometimes that means, you know, cool things. I mean, I've now read Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility, which I hadn't actually read before. And so those are kind of classics of the canon. So I'm glad I've done that. And I've written at least, you know, a handful of sonnets I like. (laughs) So... And maybe at least a few other people bought the back catalog with the promotional stuff I've been doing with it, but we'll see. All right. So pivoting here to our question. So this listener writes in, what is your go-to process for orienting a new babysitter? So I guess this means like somebody who's a date night babysitter, not like a full-time nanny kind of person, but somebody you're just, you know, having for one-off kind of events. Yeah. So I feel like ours has become more and more minimal as the kids have gotten older. And I feel like they can do some of the orienting themselves. In this day and age, I generally am like, this is ideally when they're going to bed. This is my screen time rule, whatever that is. Like, usually it's like they can watch a movie, but no iPads when I'm not there. And then sometimes I've learned to do like a gentle reminder, like, could you make sure to like put away any dinner leftovers in the fridge? Because I did kind of come home once to like, 
everything was still out hours later. It was a very young babysitter. I don't think she thought about it, but I bet if I had like gently told her that she probably would have um, been happy to put them away. So I might kind of make a suggestion to just like, oh, you can throw any leftover pizza in the freezer or whatever it is. When they were younger, I feel like I did a lot more. I'd have them come like 15 minutes early, really show them around, walk them through the routines. I don't do a whole song and dance about emergency contacts because for the most part, the things I'm like, I've never been to like a concert where you have to lock your phone up. And I just kind of assume that like they can call me or text me and that's fine. I don't need like a sterile cockpit, <laughs> like <laughs> undisturbed time. So I don't spend a lot of time on any kind of emergency procedures or contacts. Thankfully, we don't have any like anaphylactic allergies or anything like yeah. that. That would obviously require a whole, a lot more in terms of orientation. Yeah. Yeah. Although, again, as kids get older, I think sometimes they're more in charge of that themselves. I mean, just knowing from like playdates we've had with kids who have allergies and stuff, like they just have their little pack with them. And, you know, if they're like, they're, it's not that I need to do anything other than like not throw peanuts around, I guess it would be that. But um, they are often even more in charge of that themselves by the time they're older. So, yeah, we don't really have that many more new sitters coming in at this point. And because, the only thing we definitely need sitters for, obviously, during the day, I mean, I'm not making my older children watch Henry all day, and we have a nanny and all that, you know, we have coverage for that. So there's just not that many occasions, but it would only be if we needed somebody driving that would be bringing in someone new, which I guess would be just like, try out our van here. <laughs> like, can you, what do you think? Can you do this? So, you know, I'm hoping that the people we have can kind of keep us through for the next year until, you know, Jasper can be driving more. But I've I've really been having more of my older kids take care of the younger ones if it's a short stint of time. Like if it's just, you know, two hours or so, we figure out how they can split it and sort of generally talking with them about what expectations are. Now, obviously, they know our household routines but just sort of reminding them of like what it means to, you know, watch your brother, like, you know, then you're with him. And then when you switch off with another kid, that person's with him and, and so forth. And we don't go very long. Like if we're, if we're gone for a long period of time, then we usually have our, our nanny stay late or one of the other few people that we already have. So love of the week, Sarah, do you have a love of the week? I'm going to use the book that I just, the novel I just finished. It was so fun. So if you're looking for like a very quick, like juicy, fun read, I recommend Pineapple Street by Jenny Jackson. Jenny Jackson is actually really high up in the publishing world. I believe she runs, I don't even know how to pronounce it. This is terrible. Knopf? 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 Knopf, probably. Yeah. yeah. So she's like very high up there, if not the head. And then she wrote her own book, which was to everyone's delight. And she also happens to be one class ahead of me at Williams. I don't remember her but it made me feel slightly closer to her as I read the book. So just great read. So much fun. Would be great on a summer vacation. Yeah. Let's see. What was... <laughs> what can I say as my love of the week? As I'm feeling sick here and feeling like I'm not loving anything at the moment. Probably not a food item. Yeah, I would say Gatorade. <laughs> like I'm a big fan of Gatorade. And I'm realizing I would really love to have some Gatorade right now. I wonder if I can get some. Hmm figure that out. All right, we'll ponder that. All right, well, this has been Best of Both Worlds. We have been talking our mid-year goal check-in. We will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. 
Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.